We might be blaming the devil, but it's God trying to stop you from going any farther because you're about to get messed up. And then we want to war with it carnally and try to push our way through. And we get burned in the process. We get burned by the affliction. We get burned by the pain by going over that line. You see that blockade. So limitation is good in a sense because it could be a sign of your advancement. If you're a child of God, the Bible says if you're born again, you're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away, new things have come. But I was sharing with Zinni that the next scripture that comes says now all things are from God. All things are from God. We blame too much on the devil. We need to blame it on our obedience. Our obedience is the problem. And you know, we can't obey nothing we don't understand. I've got to understand something before I can obey it. And that's why God says, in all you're getting, get understanding. Wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And it says, knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So you've got to get to know Him. And the only way that you can know Him is through His Word, because that's Him. He is the Word. And the Word is what sets you free. The Word came into this place today. For two hours setting people free. I was telling our ministry group that I felt like we were getting, getting stuck. That I was stuck. I felt like I couldn't, couldn't progress any further. I'm just stuck in this this little little thing now. And I, you, you, I don't like to be bridled. I'm one that pursues. I got to get going. And if I feel something bridling me, I get concerned. Because that's my spirit. He gave me a spirit to pursue. And I love to pursue him because he is unlimited. You can't get enough of him. It should be our lifestyle to pursue him. Especially once he sets you free. Once he sets you free, you need to pursue him. Because the devil is mad. Your mind was just his home before you come into this place today. Your mind is his home. His home's not out there. His home is in your mind. And when he gets cast out, he gets angry. Because he has to go back to Satan and figure out where he needs to go. And Satan says, go back to that house from where you were cast out of and see what's happening. See if they got the word of God in there. And if the word of God isn't in there, then they go and get seven other spirits more powerful than themselves, than, than itself. And it comes back to that house and your last state is worse than your first state. So if I were you, I'd write down every one of those scriptures on that board right there. Those are the scriptures that will free you 
Those scriptures will help you maintain your relationship with the one that took the wall down between you and God. If you maintain your relationship with Christ, he'll keep access for you to the Father. It'll teach you how to maintain your freedom. And then the latter part of the scriptures will teach you how to flow in the blessings of God. See, that maintaining with Christ is, is maintaining a relationship with Him. You've got to have a relationship with Him before the Father can bless you. You see? So God does set limits on Him. He set, sets limits on us. He draws a line and says, no, you can't go, go past that line. But some of us are stubborn. I'm stubborn. I want to pursue whether it's wrong or right. I'm going to pursue it. Because I, I got to get to the end. I got to know the truth. And I knew the truth was death sometimes. Because I tasted death. But I got to the truth. And don't you know Jesus will track you down? He'll keep running after you. When you get to death, death place, that resurrection will come up out of that death. And he'll keep pursuing you. Thank God that we serve a God that pursues us. He pursues us. Oh, brother, I'm going to do this real quick. So I know it's 5 out of 12. And I want to do this real quick because we got to maintain. we got to maintain our relationship with Christ. This is you. Empty. Empty. But when you accept Christ, the water of life comes in. Drop it. Now you're His. Now you're His. Now we have to pursue him to get any more of that water. The Bible says that from the throne of God comes a river of life into your spirit. Stop right there, man. Now, when I go into worship, when I go into worship, this is what happens. When I meditate on the Word, this is what happens. When I love someone, this is what happens. When I tell somebody the truth, that's what happens.
when I bless someone. This is what happens. It's overflowing. It's, it's leaving, going into my soul and, and onto my body. It drips off my body. Saturated with the goodness of God. The Bible says the goodness and the mercy will, of, of God will follow me all the days of my life. If I'm worshiping Him and praising Him, meditating on the Word, goodness and mercy is following me all the way I go. Everywhere I go, goodness and mercy. Everywhere I go, favor is going to follow me. And you. There's no partiality in God. There's no partiality. But see, if the Lord is filling me, I begin to look at a woman, lusting after a woman, it stops. It stops. It stops. If I start complaining against my brother, but I'm in worship and prayer beforehand, the Lord's pouring it out, it stops. The blessing stops. The Bible says to do all things without complaining. And it's not you complaining, it's your flesh complaining to God. And your flesh is your sinful desires complaining to God. I'm telling you, complaining cancels out the power of God that's going to get you to your destination. It cancels it out. But you can live a life that's constantly overflowing like this. Constantly overflowing. Watch it. That's the way we should be. Everything you need is in the river. Everything is in the river. We go through pain because of sin. When sin is exposed and Jesus is ready to sanctify that area of our life, pain shows up. Because pain is a result of sin. And see, look at that water tracking me down. Look, it's still moving. That's what it does. It just follows you. God will perfect everything that concerns you. But you've got to let him. Because you can't do it. You cannot perfect the things of God. The apostle said to the church of Galatia, 
why what you started in the spirit, why are you trying to perfect it with the flesh? You can't do it. It cannot be done. But I love it when the Lord said he put stocks on our feet. And he called us to freedom. There's a calling. There's an announcement. When Jesus says, I called you to freedom, he's saying, I'm announcing. There's an announcement taking place. I need your assistance. And your assistance is drawing near to him. That's your assistance. That's your part. Because if you'll draw near to him, he'll work through you to bless you and bless the person that you're in contact with. Because he's the blesser. But I've seen even fellow developers and builders, God would start blessing, pouring it out on them because they were being a blessing. But then they got out of the relationship with the one that blessed them. And they started to get into the relationship with the blessing. And now the ones that I know are end up in bankruptcy. You can't not forget the God who gave you the power to get wealth. Don't forget him. Because it's not him that destroys you. It's the enemy that takes that opportunity and redeems that time of you backing off from God. He's going to come on in. And he's the one that kills, steals, and destroys. God doesn't. There's liberty in the spirit. You've got to stay in the spirit. You've got to walk in the spirit. Everything you need is in the spirit. Everything, everything, every provision you need is in the spirit. I had a fellow minister uh, call me and, and uh, was telling me he was headed for bankruptcy. And God has given me the gift of giving because he can trust me. But my spirit didn't have any liberty to help him. That hurts me. I can't help you. So all I could do is say, I'll pray for you. I'll keep you in prayer. Because I knew that he wanted me to help him. But I've operated in that gift for 18 years. I know how that gift works. In the week, the bankruptcy was going to hit him. He got a call from somebody in North Carolina, Virginia, somewhere up north. An old friend. that didn't have much money. Called him and said, would you come see me? So he went to see him. And he handed him a $20,000 check. And the minister, knowing that this man didn't have any money... The man said that God told him to take it out of his retirement. And I said, well, how much was your debt? He said, 19700 I think he said. God always goes over the line. He always goes over. He goes over. Y'all not hear me. He goes over. He... 
He does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. And when he goes over, it humbles you. His goodness humbles you because you can't do it in your lifetime. I don't care if you work 10 years, you couldn't do what God could do in one, one day. That keeps me humble. Because I'm not a smart man, I can tell you. But God has given me wisdom to put smart people around me. You see? That's why he says, I'll take the foolish one and confound the wise. I'll take the nobody and make him something. But he always led me to cry out to him for wisdom. Because wisdom defeats the devil. And wisdom can see what's in another person. The gifts and callings that's in another person. And I'll surround myself with those people. And I always tell them when they come. I told Alan Neal when he come. Alan's a bright, bright man of God. He's got a lot of education. But when he came to C.E. Hall Construction Company, I told him, I said, Alan, you're going to have to pass some tests because the devil's going to come and try to take you out. But if you can pass the test, then God will show up and start blessing you. And sure enough, the test came. But I had to encourage him. Don't let fear take hold when that test comes. Don't let fear take hold when that test comes. Don't let it come. Well, I'm not going to get into this because this message is too good. I need to start from the beginning and go to the end. But I think we just need to give the Lord a hand clap of praise for what he did today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah be to the Lamb. Hallelujah be to the Lamb. Praise his name. Praise his name. Hallelujah. Thank you for healing, Lord. Thank you for the baptism of the Holy Ghost today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for setting us free. And Brother Charles is a blessing to me. This man hears from God. He hears from God. I love him. I love his wife. I love all the ones that God has placed in our ministry. Quality people. Sister Teresa. We've got some quality people. Brother Juan and his wife with the Spanish ministry. There's an anointing on him. Brother Juan's uh, uh, for Kingdom Life Ministry, Spanish ministry. They, they minister at 3 o'clock. The Spanish. So God is raising up an international multicultural church out of this little place. Out of this little place. (laughs) But see, he wants us faithful. Faithful. He'll bring just enough people in that you're capable of loving. You got to love them. 
if you can love this little group. I feel the anointing there. This little group can love someone else. See, it will grow. Love multiplies. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Love multiplies. Testimony. You can tell someone what God did for you today. That's all he wants. He wants to be a testimony in somebody else's life. Because that testimony defeats the devil in someone else's life. When somebody is sick, Eddie, when somebody is sick, you tell them what God did for you, that defeats the devil in their mind. It causes them to believe. The spirit of faith comes. Causes them to believe for God. You've got to believe. Just like Brother was saying about tongues. The Bible, the Great Commission, which is for all of us. Jesus, Jesus said, if you believe, you'll cast out devils. You'll speak with new tongues. You'll take up serpents. Drink anything deadly, it won't harm you. And you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It's impossible for God to lie. He cannot lie. And all it takes is you believing Him. Just believing. And at this hour right now, He is moving so supernaturally through His people. There's an acceleration going on. Just like Bernie said a little while ago, He's pouring out His Spirit on all flesh. Now listen to that. When God pours out the Spirit on all flesh, He's bringing flesh to death. See, we think He's anointing the flesh. But that pouring out is getting rid of the flesh. That's what it's doing. It's bringing those sinful desires to death. Because that stuff has kept you away from your promise too long. Kept me away from my promise a long time. But it trained me to know what I didn't want. It trained me to know what I didn't want. <laughs> if I would have just applied the word of God to that area of my life, I wouldn't have to go through that process. Because the Word works from the inside out and transforms your mind. God can make it easy with your cooperation. And God sent her to Savannah just this weekend, just for what happened to her today. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. I walked by here a little while ago, but she was just off in tongues. Just for the end of the book at the end of the <laughs> The baptism of the Holy Spirit, what that is, is it empowers you for ministry. That's all it does. Is it, it's, a, it's a supernatural power 
for ministry. When she's praised in tongues now, she'll, she'll pray out the mysteries of God. She'll pray out the secrets of God. That's the only way I can get a message is praying in tongues and worship. And, and, and as I'm praying in tongues, the natural word is coming forth right behind it. It's a successful walk when you're praying and walking in the Spirit. But it says you seek all the gifts. The Bible says have a desire for all the gifts. That's all we can have is a desire for it. The rest of it's up to God. It took me 10 years before I was baptized in the evidence of tongues. I was a word man. I loved the word. I ate the word. I lived the word. I wanted the word. But I was in a church in a sound booth watching the key, God do the keys. And we, I started singing with the, the choir up there and all of a sudden my language changed. Just that, just that, just changed. Just that smooth, just started changing. I was singing. It must have pleased God. I know it didn't, ple- it didn't please that guy that I was sitting beside of, I can tell you that. Because <laughs> I was making a joyful noise. <laughs> no, I know it makes devils tremble. <laughs> I can hear the cats outside squealing. That's that's right. They'll squeal. The dogs will howl. <laughs> she don't know what she's in for, does she? <laughs> My Lord, my Lord. This is what you call drinking of the Lord. Drinking the new wine. The new wine is His Spirit. And there's nothing like sitting at the table of the Lord and drinking the new wine. And now we're ready to eat. And we eat the Word of God. The Word. No minister should bring the Word without the presence of God. Because he's, if He's bringing the Word without the presence, it's not God. Who? It's not the Lord. The Lord told me to at all costs maintain His presence. Because His presence is His approval. His presence is his approval. And when he approves of a ministry, 
there's no limitations. There's no limitations. You'll have people in your assembly that will try to limit you. But that's just a sign of my advancement. In fact, I got a promotion letter this week. And I praise the Lord for it. The Lord was letting me know Sunday was going to be graduation. And we had to, you know, you had to practice graduation the day before. So we practiced Friday night and he let us get a taste of what was going to happen here today. <laughs> I thank God that God is the one who promotes me and not man. Because I don't want no curse on my life with man promoting me. And don't you know God's ways are not man's ways? I got a letter this week that would have caused most ministers to have sui- had suicidal thoughts, but it pray it brought me into another level. <laughs> because you got to know who you are in Him. You got to know who you are in Him. I don't care what kind of kind of condemnation comes your way, what kind of accusation comes your way, it should do nothing but excite you. Because if the devil is that busy, he sees the graduation ceremony coming up. He sees a ceremony in the heavenlies taking place. But you know it's got to take place in the heavenlies before it takes place in the natural. So it's been taking place the last couple of weeks. In worship. Worship brings it in the natural. Worship will bring it in the natural. I don't know how far I get with this word, but the Lord wants me to get some of it out because we need to eat the word now. We've been drinking the wine. We need the word. How many of us just feel limited? What is limiting your life? Don't you know your, your spirit is eternal. There's no limits on your spirit. Your spirit is not limited. It has eternal life on it. You're going to live eternally somewhere. And if you don't know Jesus... The Bible says there's no way to the Father. And the Father's in heaven. Don't you know that? The Father's in heaven. It says there's no way to the Father except through Jesus. Through Him. So that means you've got to be one with His Spirit. But if your life feels so limited, redemption is at hand. 
Redemption is at hand. You praise to get your breakthrough. That's why there was such a breakthrough here today, because of the praise, because of the worship, because of pure worship. Pure worship will always bring his presence. Because it's all about Jesus. It's been about man for too long. It's all all about the Lord now. Some of us just can't seem to bring closure. We can't seem to bring closure to some relationships. Can't seem to bring closure to debt. Just feel so limited. The Lord gave me three things. There's three classes of limitations. Three classes of limitations. Your limitation could be from a loving father that's keeping you from further destruction. Keeping you from the way of the flesh. Because the path of the flesh is the path of destruction. It's the path of destruction. Two. Your limitation could be a sign of your advancement into the kingdom. Look at all the buffers that the Apostle Paul had. He had one buffer after another. And that buffer was a sign of his advancement. Because he got more revelation of Christ out of every buffer, out of every withstanding. He got more revelation of the one who called him to preach the gospel. You can't know, you can't preach this gospel if you don't know him. Intimately. You got to know his character. His ways. And his way is always love, truth. Love and truth will bring power. We've got a defeated church because the church is not walking in love and truth. The Lord said to love one another. And speak truth to your neighbor. Love one another and speak truth to your neighbor. Three, your limitation could be a, 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 a limit God is setting until he is finished with you. Until he has renewed your mind. And that's when patience has to come. And patience is the spirit. It's a spirit. You can't create your own patience. That's why a lost man has no patience. Because patience is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit. So when you get a revelation 
of what God is doing. When he reveals himself to you, the spirit of patience will come. And that spirit of patience will perfect you. That spirit of patience will make you complete. That spirit of patience will bring you into a place where you're lacking nothing. What a blessed place to be. When you're lacking nothing, the limits are off your life. There's no limitation on your life anymore. But the limits will never be on your life, unlimited life, till you learn patience. And patience could be for a day. We think about patience as, oh my God, I gotta wait another year. I gotta wait another six months. God is accelerating in his glory right now. There is an acceleration going on with the character of God. So try patience for a day and see what will happen. Try it for an hour, Brother Scott. <laughs> These three classes apply to everybody. Thank God for Jesus. The church has really just, just forgot about him. But this ministry is going to keep his eyes on him. Because he is the way. And he is the truth. And he is the life. Amen. When you keep your eyes on Jesus, he becomes the great shepherd. He becomes an overseer of your life. He oversees everything that's happening around you. And he'll set a limitation on everything that's happening around you. So that the devil will not take that opportunity of your weakness to try to destroy you. He sets a limit on it. To destroy your flesh so that your spirit can soar. You see how the presence of God can cancel out flesh? Jesus is not limited in his love towards you, he is not limited in peace. Towards you. He is not limited in joy towards you. Nor is he limited in long suffering towards you. He's not limited in faithfulness towards you, gentleness towards you, goodness towards you. He's not limited in self control. The 
This is the Savior that we serve. We serve Him to have fellowship with the Father. There's only one Jehovah God. And there's only one man between God and man. And that's the man, Christ Jesus. He maintains access to the Father. And when you know that you have obtained that access, you'll be free of worry. There won't be any fear. No fear, no worry in the mind. Because Jesus said, my father and I want to take up our home in you. When your mind is at perfect peace, the Father has taken up his home in your soul. Then you have everything, lacking nothing. Every good thing is attracted to you. It's drawn to you. It comes to you. The anointing of God. God is not behind you. God is in front of you. His blessings are behind you. They follow you. But you've got to keep your eyes on Him. And everything you need will follow you. You'll say, well, I need this. Well, I turn around, there it is. It's already, it's already touched my life. Only Jesus can take the limits off your life. John 8, 36 says, and these scriptures are right up here on this chart. Though This is the word that's in this message right now. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. People come to Jesus, come to the altar to receive the Lord and confess His name. And think they're saved. The Bible says you have to believe. Unto the Lord. Then you're saved. You have to believe. That you need him. That you can't get out of your sin. Without him. You can't get out of debt without Him. There's nothing you can do without Him. But the word indeed in that scripture is the most profound word of that scripture. Because indeed means it's unquestionable. 
It's unquestionable freedom. Unquestionable leader, liberty. It's unquestionable. There's no doubt. There's a certainty. Somebody asked me if I knew I'm saved. The first thing that's going to come out of my mouth is, yes, I know I'm saved. But if you've got to think about it, you ain't saved. It's a knowing. It's a certainty. When you know it, you're free. When you know something is yours, you're free. The Lord said in, in, in 1 Corinthians, he said, you will know the things that have been freely given to you. Because you did nothing to earn it. You did nothing to earn it. Because if you tried to do it out of works, it's in vain. It's all in vain. It comes to you. It's still going to come to you. But it's not going to have any life on it. Life sustains what God gives you. It grows. It keeps growing. And it's established by grace. John 8, 32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You see, truth has no limits on it. The truth is unlimited. It has no limits on it. When you tell somebody the truth, you're telling them, I love you. I've seen so much lies going between brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. It makes me sick. But, you know, you've got to get your eyes off the people and get it on the devil that's influencing them. You've got to love them out of that where they are. If you don't love them out of it, they'll never get out of it. Jesus loved us out of where we were and set us our feet on a solid ground, solid foundation. There's no limits. Ephesians 2, 6 says, your spirit is seated with Christ. When you become born again, immediately your spirit is divinely connected to the throne it's seated with Christ. That's why there's a communication going on between the throne room of heaven and the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Because your spirit and the Holy Spirit are now one. Your citizenship is not here. Thank God. Your citizenship is in heaven. What a blessed place to be. It's a divine positioning. Nothing can separate you from the love of God when your spirit is seated with him in the heavenly place. There's nothing that can separate you from his love. Trial can't separate you. Fear can't separate you. None of these things that come against you can separate you from the love of God. It's called a love connection. It's called a power connection. A righteous man steps. Psalm 37, 23 says, A righteous man's steps are ordered by God. And God delights in his way. Some people think my steps aren't ordered by God, but I know my steps are ordered by God. They'll say, look at that fool. He's off on a tangent again. 
But I know where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. There is freedom. There's grace. If we're not established by grace, we're not established by anything but a lie. Your spirit. Sometimes God will order your steps in an area that you feel uncomfortable with. And he'll keep you right there for a while. And you'll experience some torment. And I will cry out to God, your scripture says you are the one that does not torment. He said, well, if you'll just let go of your flesh, your sinful desire, you won't be tormented anymore. But since you're so stubborn, and I am, I'm going to let you, I'm going to allow you to go that way for a while. So I can bring death to your flesh. Because you'll get so tired of being tormented. It'll come to death. (laughs) The spirit is willing. But the flesh is weak. It's just a constant reminder that we need him. When he allows us to go in in, uh, a... It's the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's the good will of God to lead us in a direction. It's the acceptable will of God to lead us in a direction. And then there's the perfect will of God that leads us in a direction. And all of them have a work. They produce a work. And as it is sanctification, it's a renewing of the mind. And when you fail... When you fail and you've gone on that path and you feel like you've failed miserably, you haven't failed. Because the Bible says a righteous man's steps will fall seven times. He'll fall seven times. The Lord will keep lifting him back up. He didn't say six times. It's that seventh time that your flesh is perfected for the glory of God to use. Your sinful desires are in your mind. Your spirit is whole. It's full of God. It's full of light. But the sin sets up his throne in our minds. And God will keep allowing us to fall. To fall. To fall. To fall. And on that seventh time, he didn't say the eighth time, he said the seventh time. You're perfected. He delights in your way. Romans says, do not be conformed to the lie, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not be conformed to the lie. There's a place that we're getting into rapidly right now. That I can prove the will of God. The perfect will of God. I can prove it. And you know how I can prove it? Peace. Peace. 
When I'm at peace and all the accusations come in my way, all the trials try to come my way, but I'm at peace, I am in the perfect will of God and I can prove it. Whatever I'm doing, wherever I'm at, I can prove it. I'm in the perfect will of God. It's a wonderful thing to know who you are in Jesus. Because Jesus will set a limit to your feet. He'll set a limit. You see, it's a divine intercourse. When your mind is being renewed by the word, this is a divine intercourse taking place. And intercourse is nothing more than, than, than two things having a relationship, agreeing on something. Intercourse is not in the Bible. The word is not in the Bible. It's the best word that man can come up with. Where in the scripture, it says, Abraham knew Sarah. That's intercourse. He knew his wife. It's a knowing. And as the spirit comes into the soul and reveals truth, there's a divine intercourse taking place. The spirit is taking the limits off that area of your soul. Setting your soul free to the promises of God that are yes and amen in Christ. You'll never receive the promise if you're not in Christ. Never. So God sets limits to the time, to, to that, to that, that course is finished. There's always going to be limits. And what these, what the, what the two of them do, the spirit and soul, they're communicating to each other. They're having fellowship with each other where the path of life is. That your body can walk it out. You see? You have to know. David cried out, Lord, show me the path of life. For in your presence is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I didn't hear any trials in that verse. I didn't hear any test in that verse. Pleasure is all I heard. Pleasures, pleasures, the path of life. Poor Job. And this is what the church is going through right now, is what Job went through. Job 30, 13, 27 says, Lord, you have put my feet in stocks and you watch closely all my paths. You set a limit for the soles of my feet. Now, stocks... Is something that restrains you. Like a prisoner. Can't go any further because he's got stocks on and a chain on his feet. He can't go any further. See, Job had a little leaven in his soul. A spot. And every time the devil prompted him that he was going to lose everything, 
that spot would get bigger in his mind. And what it did, it began to poison everything that God had already blessed him with. And then Job cried out, Lord, the thing that I have greatly feared has come upon me. Watch out for fear, because what you fear will happen. It will come upon you. If you feel you're going to fear you're going to lose something, you're going to lose it. It will come upon you. If you fear sickness is going to come back, it's going to come back. If you feel you're going to get in financial bondage again, you're going to get in financial bondage again. God had blessed Job to the limit where, where Job had limited God. But there was that little spot of fear. You see, sometimes you can't, you can't escape the fullness of time. God will put a, a limit on your feet. And the fullness of time is when the flesh is completely in view. Jesus didn't come back till sin was in full view, where man could not help himself at all. That was the fullness of time Christ came. So it is, the same process is going to be working with the soul. When fear is in full view, it's the fullness of time for Jesus to step in. And when he steps in, you might lose everything because that fear has poisoned everything that God has previously blessed you with. But then the Lord restored Job double. Because there was good ground now. There was good ground. You know, we can avoid that process. We just bring fear captive. Bring fear captive. See, the Father will discipline us. That's why he sets limits to our feet. He restricts our path. The Bible says that if you're earthly father disciplines you because he loves you how much more will your heavenly father who is the father of spirits discipline it's his love it's his love Job And how many of us, brother, have cried out to God, take me out of this situation. Take me out of this relationship that's so tormenting. But God was silent. But present. That's the blessing right there. When he's silent, he's present. Watching over things. Watching over. Stocks. Put on your feet. To discipline the soul.
And when God doesn't take us out of it, we try to overthrow it. We try to take control of it. We try to make it happen. We try to make it whole. You can't overthrow the Father's love. Acts 5.39 says, If it is of God, you cannot overthrow it. Lest you be found fighting against God. Some things God just keeps you in. To reduce your pride. Pride wants to make it happen. Pride wants to fix it. Pride wants to make something whole that only God can make whole. And we need to thank him for letting us go that way to make it whole. We'd be in a mess. We might even be alive right now. If he hadn't delivered us out of those situations. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in this world. When you open up your mouth, you release the greater one. When you open up your mouth in praise, when we open up our mouth today in praise and worship, we release the greater one on the inside of us. And, and the more we came in unity, the more we released him. As you saw, it progressed. It didn't start off that way. It progressed. The more we praised him, the more Jesus brings us into unity of the same mind and of the same spirit. Then the glory of God falls. Because he is glorified in unity. He's glorified in unity. Being of the same mind and of the same spirit, he's glorified. You can continually walk in Pentecost when you are of the same mind and of the same spirit with one another. You can't be a busybody in somebody else's business. Even when you're telling the truth, it's still gossip. It's still gossip. The Lord commands us not to gossip. It says, don't be a busybody in other people's business, but lead a quiet life and tend to your own business. That's the word of God. But I get letters all the time of accusation, persecution, but they won't sign it. <laughs> they won't sign it. And by them not putting their signature on it, creates an excitement in me. I could run. Because if they put a signature on it, it might be a loving Christian fixing to rebuke me. 
And I'll accept that. I'll accept rebuke. If you'll come to me. But they won't come. The ones that don't sign won't come. Greater is he who is in you. Listen. For those who don't know Christ, you need to know him. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, new things have come. That means when something is passing away, it's dying. So, so your worldly music is dying. Your cursing is dying. Your drinking is dying. Adultery is dying. Fornication is dying. People around you that you, you thought you were supposed to hold on to is dying. Fears are dying. Debt is dying. These things are passing away. But then as something is passing away, something new is coming. If you see something leaving your life, something new is coming. That's the law of the Spirit. It's a law working on your behalf that God set in place. We don't listen to the music we listen, used to listen to. Do we? Wouldn't that be torment right now? I don't curse anymore. I couldn't say a curse word if I wanted to say a curse word. I had to think about what a curse word is anymore. Because when you curse, the Bible says that's a spirit of blasphemy. You're actually cursing the Lord Jesus. Unbeknowingly out of our ignorance. That's why I love about the Lord. When he says there's great grace where there's ignorance. Grace is unmerited favor. So if you're cursing him out of your ignorance, he's sending a lot of favor your way. A lot of favor your way. The new thing. We drank of the new wine today instead of alcohol. I used to drink vodka straight and, ch and chase it with chewing gum, Wrigley's chewing gum. Mom's shaking her head. She didn't know that. And what was that room that you went in before class started? Homeroom? I was home with my vodka and Wrigley's chewing gum right in that homeroom. Drunk the rest of the day. Your body must be a living sacrifice unto the Lord. That's the new thing. The new thing is a new family of people. These people that you didn't have before. The family of God. The ones that will be there for you. The ones that will be there for you. If you call me up in a crisis, I'm coming your way. A crisis. I'm coming your way. <laughs> the old man is perishing. But the new man. <laughs> but the new man is being renewed day by day. Thank God the mercies of God are new each day. But listen, the next verse says in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 says, Now all things are from God. So now your trials from God. 
Your test is from God. Your blessing is from God. The person that God has in your life right now, whether it's a friend, whether it's a mate, or whether it's a devil, it's from God. All things that come into your life are from God. And if we see it in that light, we can move quickly out of that place. Because there's power to join up with that will accelerate the process. And that's the power of Christ on the inside of us. We can yield to our spirit. I keep telling the people around me, yield to your spirit. Walk by the spirit. We're commanded to walk by the spirit. And how you'll know that you're walking in the spirit, you will be at peace. A man that's at peace loves unconditionally. A man that's not at peace will love conditionally. Because he dictate, he's dictated by worry and fear, so he's going to dictate his love. So if it's not going your way, praise God, it's going his way. Amen. I'm teaching you today. Je- Jesus, said, Jesus went about teaching first. Then he preached. And then he healed. We don't need to be preached at. The bride doesn't need to be preached at right now. The bride needs to be taught. To come out of that place that she feels restrained. And that process is all it is, is Jesus exchanging your life for his. It's a divine exchange taking place. And when you have his life in the area of your life that's lacking, that you're in bondage to, you'll mount up with a wing, with wings like eagles, like the psalmist said, and you'll soar into the plan of God. You cannot reason the things of God. Because the Bible says his ways are past figuring out. So if you try to figure out why you're in a situation, don't try. You'll never figure it out. The only thing to get you out of that situation is praise, worship, patience. See, when you praise the Lord, he'll give you the patience to wait. He'll give you that patience to wait. And see, when the enemy sends a red light, God has got a green light. Saying, now it's time to go. You see? The enemy wants to stop the progression of God. As I told everybody before, if I'm not in trouble, I'd be worried. My life is a life of trouble.
would be worried because I wouldn't get any revelation, fresh revelation to be able to feed the people around me. I can't tell you how to get out of something that I, if I hadn't gotten out of it first. And I thank God for that. I thank God for the trial. I thank God wisdom comes out of these trials. Truth is always revealed in a crisis. Always revealed in a crisis. That's why 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. There's liberty. So if you take a step and you don't feel freedom, don't you go any farther. Don't go any farther. That's, that's God saying, hold up. You're getting ahead of me now. Because if you're crying out to him, he is going before you and making crooked places straight. And how you'll know that those crooked places are made straight when you take a step and there's freedom. When you take a step, there's more freedom. When you take a step, there's more grace. Doors just start opening. There's grace. There's freedom. That's how you know. But if you try to make something happen, it's not going to happen. God makes it happen for you. It's his work. It's his work. Galatians 5.13 says, Brethren, you have been called. Listen to this. You have been called to freedom. But it says, don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Some of us get so free in God that deception can, can come in very easily. You've got to stay in a, in, a, 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 in a state of a sober mind. You've got to stay in worship and prayer and meditation. To protect your mind. Because deception creeps in so easily. Freedom. He's called us to freedom. That's an awesome thing. Because it gives us the right to enjoy all the provisions and all the, uh, the, the resources of heaven. Freedom frees us from religion, frees us from slavery, frees us from oppression, frees us from fears, frees us from death. Jesus, when Jesus calls, calls you, the Bible says he's making an announcement. And how you know he's calling you, there's a drawing. It's a silent call. He just draws you. That's the call. He creates a thirst on the inside of you. That's the call. 
and it pulls you, draws you to Him. And the Word says that only the Father can draw you to Jesus. So when He's ready for you to come into the kingdom, He's going to draw you to Jesus. If you're lost and you feel drawn, it's the Father drawing you to Jesus, wanting you to come into the kingdom. And you can't fight it. It's going to happen. All you can do is delay it. Because when God speaks, it happens. Thank God we serve a God that can speak and it come to pass. A silent call. But don't lose your freedom. How you, how, how you take your freedom and, and turn it into an opportunity of the flesh is when you prostitute your peace for fear. You prostitute your peace when fear comes and you agree with the fear. That's prostituting the liberty, the freedom of God. And fear, don't you know fear is a yoke of bondage? It's a yoke. It dictates you. All the flesh wants is an opportunity for advancement. Advancement. To torment the soul. Torment the soul. That's why the Bible says, stand fast in the freedom so you can inherit the, prom inherit the promise. Hebrews 6.12 says, through faith and patience they inherited the promise. You see, what faith does, it provokes your promise to come into view. What patience does, it perfects you for the promise. So your faith is out there. And it's provoked the, the promise to start coming to you. And the whole time it's coming to you, God is sending the spirit of, of patience to you. To begin to manufacture its, its perfection in you. Make you perfect and complete. So that when your promise is, a, is joined to you, you'll be lacking nothing at that point. Patience. The devil hates patience. Patience. You know, it's so easy to have patience when you're in fellowship with the Lord. Because you can have peace and be patient. But if you don't have peace, it's hard to be patient. It's hard. You see, when, when the spirit of faith is not employed, the spirit of fear is. It's one or the other. Fear is the spirit behind every sin. Faith is the spirit that connects us to God and keeps us plugged in to God and keeps Him drawing our way. But see, when you employ fear, 
its wages is death. It's wage. So what you're doing when you're fearing, you're keeping death. You're, you're paying death to keep reigning over your promise. You're paying death to rule and reign over what, what you want God to do for you. Paying. To be Lord. Keep death reigning over the very thing that I'm believing God for. You'll never receive it if you're a fearful, fearful man. You'll never receive it. Peace, peace, peace. You see, what happens is the flesh wants to complain. Philippians 2.14 says, We're to do all things without complaining and disputing. All things without complaining and disputing. You see, your flesh will provoke you to complain so it can put your promise in jeopardy. Did you get that? When you start complaining, you can complain about your son, you can complain about your daughter, and the very thing that you're complaining about has nothing to do with what you're believing for. But it's affecting it. The devil never comes the right way. He always comes another way to get to the blessing. And it's hard not to complain when kids are involved. Because <laughs> complaining is a, it, all it is is an expression of dissatisfaction. <laughs> and don't you know they can do some stuff to dissatisfy you? <laughs> to ask my dad. I used to do some things dissatisfying. Mom, too. Well, <laughs> the Lord worked through my mom. Kept me living. <laughs> you see, a complaining and negative person is not in the presence of God. Because if you maintain the presence of God in your life, you will not be a complaining, negative person. You've got to maintain His presence. You've got to stay in His presence. You've got to get plugged in. You've got to stay in worship. You've got to stay in prayer. You've got to stay in meditation. So if you're around a complaining and disputing person, I'd get away from them. Because they're not in the presence of God. And if they're not in the presence of God, whose presence are they in? They're in the presence of the enemy. And I don't want to be around them. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to disconnect myself and I'm going to go pray for them. Pray for their soul. 
complaining person. Galatians 3, 3. We're going to get finished here. It says, are you, are you so foolish having begun in the spirit and now being made by the, perfect by the flesh? Something had begun in the spirit and now we're trying to perfect it by the flesh. Because we get enti- we're getting tired of waiting on God to do it for us. Just about the time you're getting impatient is about the time God's coming through. That's how it works. The devil does nothing. He just lurks around till God moves, then he moves. Till God moves, then he moves. He lurks. He watches. Just like the apostle said, there's a spot in your love nest. And the love nest was was the church. Didn't he say that? There are spots in your love nest. They're feasting with you, but their hearts are far from you. Don't you know I wouldn't want to be in that person's shoes? Because the Father loves them as much as He loves us. Amen? But there's different levels of discipline. There's some extreme discipline, and that's a circumstance comes in your life that you cannot control. We serve a loving Father, loving God. So who started the good work in you? Let Him finish it. All He wants you to do is rest in His anointing. Rest in Him. That's all we're required to do. You see, what happened was that the, the church of Galatia, Galatian church, what they did when, when, the, when, the, when the apostle said, don't, don't try to perfect something in the flesh, it's been started by the Spirit. The Galatians were being bewitched by not obeying the truth. And a bewitching spirit is a Jezebel spirit. It's a Jezebel spirit. Jezebel wants to seize the opportunity to stop the finishing of a good work. Jezebel will accuse you. You see, the spirit of Jezebel is a, is a perverted spirit. So if it's accusing you of perversion that you're not even in, what does that tell you? That that spirit sees the anointing about to be released in your life to take you to another place in God. To take you closer to that perfect place. The end of that good work. The completion of that good work. It takes that anointing to get you there. And that's why I rejoice when the spirit of Jezebel shows up. Because I know another mantle is about to be placed on me to take me into that new place. But ten years ago, I didn't recognize it as that. I said, well, maybe I am wrong in all this condemnation 
and guilt would come on me. Don't you know that's not from God? God does not send condemnation on you. He does not send the spirit of guilt on you. Guilt and condemnation comes from Satan. It's a direct assignment from Satan. It's a, it's a fiery dart from Satan. Try to condemn you, to try to feel you, make you feel guilty about something. Don't, I'm telling you, you've got to remember that everything comes from God. And it's test coming your way. And you know that God doesn't send condemnation your way. He doesn't send guilt your way. That's when you say, thank God that I'm a son of the most high God. I am his beloved. The Lord said that Jezebel spirit, that witchcraft spirit is a, is a, is a prostituting spirit. It's an adulterous spirit. It's a spirit that wants to control. It wants to control. It wants to stop any kind of advancement. It wants to take God's grace and turn it into lewdness. Turn it in for your own gain. But see, Psalm 107.20 says he sent his word to heal and deliver from all destruction. So if there's a gap in your life from God starting a good work in your life to him completing it, then only the word of God can heal and deliver in that gap season. Amen. So it's the word that perfects you. And makes you complete. Nothing else can do it. Nothing else can do it. Peace. One thing that peace does, it takes the limits off your life. That's one thing peace will do. It will remove the limits off your life. Your spirit, as I said, is already unlimited. It's eternal. It has all of heaven in your spirit. The kingdom of God is in your spirit. But your soul limits it. That's why the Bible says you've got to press in. You've got to press in to the kingdom. And it says we enter in through many tribulations. Because we're troubling the soul, the unredeemed areas of our mind is being troubled by the pressing in of God, bringing the kingdom into manifestation in our life. It's the point of obedience. The test. This hour, God is saying, at all costs, Maintain your peace. That is a divine positioning for you to receive everything that God has for you. Peace. If anybody comes your way to try to disrupt your peace, 
Don't open your mouth. Because you'll become a part of him. And you'll disrupt your own peace by opening up your mouth. Seal it. David said, Lord, place a guard over my mouth and keep watch over the doors of my lips because I'm messing up my life by what's coming out of my mouth. You lose your peace when you open your mouth. You're not supposed to answer the devil. Jesus has to deal with the devil. It's not your fight. It's not your war. And if you can remember this, these three things that the Lord said, there's three things that you do not touch. I mean, the gospel is so, so simple to maintain life. Three things that we don't touch. The tithe. I'm not going to touch the tithe because it's holy. I'm not going to touch the glory that came into this place today because it's holy. I did nothing. We did nothing for the glory to show up in this place. Jesus did it all. In the battle in my mind, I'm not supposed to touch. It's his battle. In fact, the scripture says the battle is not yours, only stand still and see the salvation of God that I will accomplish for you today. And that standing still is when your mind is at still at rest, a perfect peace. The battle then leaves your mind and then it's out there. And Jesus deals with it. He redeems it. Because what's in the battle is where the promise is. It's a war between Jesus and Satan. See, Jesus is the administrator of the covenant. When God speaks, I want to give my son something. Jesus has to administrate it. The Holy Spirit in us helps us to cooperate with Jesus. And the only way that we can cooperate with Jesus is we have to walk by faith and not by sight. He said, do not look at the things that are seen. How easy it is for us to get our eyes on the battle. But he said, look at the things that are unseen. And the things that are unseen can only be seen in faith. Faith. Did you all get it? Peace. Hold on to your peace and don't touch the three things that are holy. If you're going through a divorce, the battle's not yours, it's God's. 
your business is being attacked. The battle's not yours, it's God. And the reason you can't win that battle because you're too involved. You're afraid if you step away from it, everything's just going to go to pieces. Well, it's going to pieces because you're in it. I've learned this. I had to step back. And if it fell down, I didn't care. Because when I stepped back, my peace came on me. And that's what I, I, I wanted was that peace. I was not at peace in that battle. I was perplexed. My mind was going crazy. Lost my joy. When I backed off, I said, I don't care if it falls. When I got back and stand, stood in my peace, Jesus started rebuilding everything that I had my hands in that messed it up so much. And when he started rebuilding, he started bringing the people with it. Because as long as you're in it, you're going to attract devils. You're going to attract devils to work by your side. I'm telling you, I've, I've been down that road. As long as my hands were in it, out of disobedience to the word of God, every devil came. The devil can't help you prosper. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Period. Jesus said, peace will be your border, and I'll fill you with the finest of wheat. Isn't that awesome? If you let peace be your border around your house, around your family, around relationships, he said, I'll fill you with the finest of wheat. He makes it so easy. But see, the problem is there's a barometer problem here. Your spirit's way down here suffering because it needs fellowship with God and needs the word of God to be fed to it. And your soul is at an elevated position, being bombarded by the devil. But if you did this, got your spirit at a high position and kept your soul at a lower position in submission to the spirit, you would have the victory because peace would reign over it. Peace would reign over it. Spend time with God. Spend time with Jesus is the answer. Get up in the morning. Jesus, even Jesus got up early in the morning to pray. He didn't wait till lunch. He didn't wait before he went to bed. He needed that protection before he faced that day. Because he was facing devils every day. And he succeeded. He conquered them. Everyone he met, he conquered, didn't he? There's not one devil that conquered Jesus. Not one. Because he was on his knees every morning. Praying to the Father. 
That's your victory. Come out of that house with power, with wisdom, peace. You come out of that place with peace, you don't care if all hell is breaking loose around you. That when something looks like it's coming to death, there's a resurrection taking place in the spirit. If, it, if it's falling apart in the natural, there's a resurrection in the spirit taking place. It's the law of God. You got a word? Mike? Testing. You know, it's interesting how in, in Corinthians, Paul says each person should bring their portion. And when you bake bread, if you leave a portion of something out, it's not going to be right. And so this word on peace started with Vernice. Vernice, when she was on her face. And it continued with Charles. And when she said peace... The Lord connected some scriptures on peace this morning, and I just knew that that was my portion, was what he gave me this morning. And then you carried it on. Peace. I'm telling you, peace is going to be more precious than gold with what's coming. People are already losing their peace out there. And, and we've just had a couple of waves that have hit the shore. The tsunami hadn't hit yet. And we need peace. And it's like Gene says, it's got to be his peace that he gives me. And Jesus said in John 14, peace I leave you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. So Jesus needed peace. He needed to have a source of peace. And this is his source of peace. I'm going to give several scriptures, about three or four of them. In John, it's all in John. John chapter 5, verse 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. So like Gene said, where his peace resides is when he knows he's in the will of God. No devil and no man can shake that peace. In John 5.30 he says, I can of myself. See, this is Jesus speaking now. Listen to this. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Even Jesus didn't seek 
to do his own will. And then again, in 828, then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. So then where does our peace come from? And it's in that same section where he said, Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, and this is our peace. Jesus told us what our peace is. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. That is why the glory is always his. That's why Jesus always gave the glory to the Father. Jesus said, Father, I brought you glory by accomplishing everything you gave me to do. The Lord has things for us to accomplish. They will only be accomplished through grace and by his power and by him leading us. So if he provides everything I need to accomplish what he's got for me to accomplish, then the glory goes to him.